Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini. This one is a little bit different from any other episode I've ever done, but I think it's also maybe the most important episode I've ever done. Uh, my guest, Kat Lucas here. We talk about child marriage in America, and it, it really was eye-opening, and uh, I just hope you enjoy this episode and listen and maybe get something done. Look up the Resiliency Foundation. Mm-hmm. And Unchained at Last. And Unchained at Last.org. And so I hope you enjoy this episode. This one, I think, is going to hopefully make a difference. Enjoy. Thank you. It's weird not to be able to see it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? No, I mean to see the, the, the video of this. Yeah. Here we go. One, two, three. Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini. We have an in-studio guest. And you remember like back in the 70s or 80s when like you watch a uh, after-school special or you watch like a sitcom, you know, and uh, it's a funny sitcom. And those back in sitcoms were funny. And, but then they had that one and go, a very special episode of Different Stroke. And you go, oh, shit, it's not going to be funny. You know what I mean? You're like, uh-oh, man, that's when Dudley got, you know, felt up by that dude at the bicycle shop. Remember that? Remember that? There's always that one, like, on Happy Days, you know, the, the integration episode, like, two, four, six, eight, we don't want to integrate. You know, one of those episodes where it's like, it's not really funny, but it's supposed to be, you know, socially relevant. So this is what this episode <laughs> is. Uh, this episode here is uh, it's my special guest, Kat Lucas. I met her. Uh, we work, both work, at the, work out at the same gym, MMA gym. Uh, my guest Kenny, you remember Kenny Big B uh, from Dragonfly Fitness, uh, the uh, African-American Navy SEAL, who we've done three episodes together. Anyway, we work out at the same gym. So she hit me up on the DM. She slid into my DMs. I'm like, damn, girl, you trying to hit brother up, huh? So we were talking, and we got to, and I don't know how we got to it, and she mentioned that she was a child bride. And honestly, I didn't know anything about this at all. And I mean, I mean I've heard about it. But you know how it's something, honestly, if it doesn't affect you, you kind of go, okay, you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, you kind of go, oh, you look right, oh, that's terrible, but you move on. And then we got into it when we were talking, and she we got into the depths of it, and then I was doing my research on it last night, and this is just, honestly, it's nothing short of horrifying to me, and I mean that, nothing short of horrifying. So I have her on, because I, I, I think this needs to be out there. I think this needs to be, uh, more people need to know about this. So first of all, Kat, thank you so much for joining me tonight, I, today. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, BT, for having me. So let's get, a, let's get about your background. So were you born and raised here in uh, Indiana? No, I was, I moved here when I was in grade school. I was born in Harlan, Kentucky. No offense, but you do sound Kentucky. You sound Kentucky all the way. Like, <laughs> I, like if you said you had some moonshine on you right now, I'd be like... <laughs> I believe it. I, mean, I might have some. You might? I might. <laughs> <laughs> that was so mean. Anyway. It's fine. <laughs> so, so, so you were born in Kentucky. So what kind of up- upbringing did you have? Very conservative. <clears throat> very religious. Um, I was in a very fundamentalist church. And now, when you say fundamentalist, and honestly, I, I have no idea what that means because, you know, I grew up uh, in Oklahoma, but it was like, you know, Baptist, you know, where you mm-hmm. go to church on Sundays, Sunday mornings, some people go on Wednesday night or whatever. So fundamentalist, like, what does that mean? Well, I'm using it in the term, in the way of uh, very evangelical, but also they take the Bible as literal. Every, you know, they try to interpret everything as literal and applicable today, as it was when it was written thousands of years ago. Um, but also you mix in Appalachian culture with very conservative, ultra-conservative 
religion and you get even more so um, it might be more magnified than you would think of as, you know, a typical conservative um, church. Okay, so did you guys like have, did you have TV in the house? We did. Um, well, when we moved here and we could afford it. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you know, know it yeah. Was, it was a different life in Appalachia. Um, oh, so, you, so Harlan, Kentucky, that's in the Appalachian Mountains. Yes, it's it's uh, southeastern Kentucky. It's as far southeast as you can go without going into Virginia or Tennessee. Wow. It's up there, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's very rural? Very. Okay, so mm-hmm. so now, now why did you guys move here uh, to Indiana? Work. Um, my Most of my family like a lot of families in the sixties migrated here for work. And, um, my dad did not, he didn't want to work in the coal mines anymore. My grandfather was a coal miner, died of black lung. Um, and he moved here first and then everybody, um, kind of followed that because of, because of work. Okay. Okay. Now, did you like your upbringing or did you know any, or did you know any better? I didn't know any different. I didn't. And looking back, I, I mean, I had, uh, there was a lot of positive and I'm the person that I am because of that upbringing. Um, and the, the values that I was taught, um, and the strength that I saw, especially in the women that raised me, my mom has 10 sisters. Wow. And we were all raised together. Um, my youngest aunt is only like seven years older than me. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So that's a big ass Thanksgiving then. Yes, it was. Ho- holy yes. me, you put the Brady Bunch to shame. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Holy moly, 10 sisters. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. okay. And one poor brother. <laughs> <laughs> His hand me downs were terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is all I knew. And we were very, even moving here, we all lived on the same street. We all, we, it was a very communal almost kind of living you know we had different homes but okay. um but it was very community based mm-hmm. and that's what you know i believe that's why as an adult now i'm as successful as i am because i did have a lot of support even with the child marriage um as difficult as that was um i still had a support system that a lot of um, child rides don't have. And for my family, it was a lot of cultural. My mom got married at like 16. I think my grandmother, we vet, we don't know for sure, but we think she might've been around 13. Oh, my now, that was God. way in the, you know, early but that was 1900s. back in the day. Yeah. That was back in the day. Yeah. I mean, it, right. that was a different time, but mm-hmm. so if we're going to, if we're going to fast forward to you and your child, bride, How did that come about? Mm-hmm. I met, um, in, in my church, um, I met this guy and he was, he was 19. So he was not a minor, um, which is most typical, but he was younger than a lot of child brides end up with their, you know, quote husbands. Mm -hmm. Um, we met in our church and we were allowed to date and I started dating him when I was 13 and, um, and we were engaged six weeks later and married six months after that. I got married the day that I should have graduated eighth grade. Well, say that again, please, slower, because that hit me like a Mike Tyson right hook in 1985. You got married. Mm -hmm. The day I should have graduated eighth grade. I wore my eighth grade graduation dress to my wedding. Okay. So uh, now, man, I mean, but was that normal back then, though? And and what years was this? What years was this? This was 1977. 
Oh, I think that was the year like Kiss Alive 2 came out, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how I that's how I, I go through years. So here I'm thinking you're going to say like 50s or 60s, but 1977, the year mm-hmm. you should have graduated eighth grade, you're wearing the dress to your wedding. Mm-hmm. Did you guys get married at a courthouse or a Chuck E. Cheese? Where did you get married? <laughs> I hate Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I know why. Now I know why. <laughs> I hate that goddamn rat. Okay. We, um, we lived in Indiana and we tried to get married here. But the state wouldn't allow a 14-year-old to get married, even with judicial pr- approval, which our, my minister at the time tried to get ju- ju- judicial approval from a judge that he knew. And thankfully, the judge had enough sense to say no. So my mom took me to Kentucky, back to Harlan, where we were from. And um, we went there, and she signed for me to get married. Now, the you know piece of that is you were supposed to have to be a resident of Kentucky to mm-hmm. do this. But my mom gave her sister's address. Um, they didn't check anything back then. One of the other nine? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, so they uh, gave me the license in Kentucky. And we got married in the pastor's living room that married my parents. He was very old. Uh, to say this man was old... <laughs> It's an understanding. <laughs> it was him and Jesus. <laughs> it was him and Jesus. You yes, were on a that, double date. <laughs> that was our witness was Jesus. <laughs> you and it was him and Jesus. Jesus like, hey, man, listen, can you buy me some beer? <laughs> yeah. He's thinking like this might not be a good idea. <laughs> and the, wed- the wedding was very interesting. <laughs> what was the wedding like? Was, it, was there a punch? <laughs> no. Um, so here I stand Lucky in, charm my, cereal. <laughs> in my eighth grade maxi dress. And uh, uh, no, have you seen the scene? I think it was um, Ever After, the movie Ever After. Drew Barrymore played like a Cinderella character. Okay. And they're standing in... Uh, she, the, the prince that she loves is, is in, is going to be in an arranged marriage. So they're up there getting married him and this other princess, not mm-hmm. her. And the princess doesn't want to marry him cause she's in love with someone else also. And so this princess begins, she's sobbing at the wedding. Mm-hmm. She's just sobbing and sobbing. And finally they call stop the wedding and they, you know, it, it all ends well. Cause it's fairytale. Um, well, mine, not so much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I'm sobbing. I was sobbing um, through the whole wedding. Like my cousin who stood up with me, she she was only one that she was only like 16 or 17. She was already married. And she was like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, I couldn't even say. Wait, now, were you sobbing because you were upset or? Yeah, I was upset. There was a lot of things that went on behind the scene. I wasn't, it was scenes, it was not a forced marriage, but I would say, I would manipulation and coercion for sure on his part not my family but once we went and said you know we want to get married and my parents said that I could um it's like the ball started rolling and and I kind of lost control of the whole thing and I never felt like I could go and say look hey I I don't want to do this I, I can't do this because I was a girl in a very uh you know conservative family very religious family um, and my only um, exists, you know, reason to exist in at, in the eyes of this culture was to be married and have kids. So I was, in my eyes, this was what I was destined to do, and I didn't really have a choice, even though 
And and I was considered safe at this point because I wasn't going to get pregnant. I wasn't going to go out and get in any kind of trouble because I was going to be married. And that's what I was only supposed to do anyway. So and I did try to break it off um, a few times with him through the six month in quote engagement. Um, how, like, how did you try to break it off, though? I just told him I would go to school to eighth grade <laughs> and my friends <laughs> and my teachers would be like. You like, why would you do this? You're, you know, you're barely 14. Why would you can't get married? Like this is, you're too young. And my friends would be like, we're going to go to high school and we're going to go to ball games and have fun. And I would be like, yeah, I don't want to get married. And then I would go to him and say, look, I don't want to get married. And he would cry and he would threaten to kill himself and beg and be like, you know, you have to do this. I love, you know, we have to get married now. And, and, um, I, I felt a lot of guilt, um, very transparent here. Um, we were no sex before marriage. But did y'all? We did not. Did y'all even kiss? We kissed, and the the thing that I felt like I was bound to him, to that I had to marry him, was because I let him touch me under my clothes. Oh, I mean, like, like it, was it heavy petting, as they called it back in the day? Uh, not really. More second base, probably. Like, like you touched your boob? Yeah. Like, you, like, grabbed you like this? Yeah. And like this or <laughs> but in my mind that I was, was soiled wow really and, yes and so he because you know I was bound to him because of that contact and that's how I was taught is if you you know if you let a boy touch you then that was you you know you you couldn't you were no longer pure and it was just an offshoot of that purity culture that was became so devastating later even in this you know 90s and 2000s we dealt with that even in the conservative church of that purity culture that girls are tainted once they're um you know sexually active especially but in my case even any kind of any kind of sexual contact like that now, now when you guys went out were you supervised at all or, you, or chaperoned or like what, what did dates consider when you guys went out and, and dated or whatever you being that age i mean was there parents around you guys what did you guys did you ride bikes i mean what was the situation well he was 19 so he had a car okay and, okay yeah okay. we went to movies and you know just normal what? mostly to the movies and and no one thought anything no no surprisingly not you know, I think people probably in the church we attended when we moved here, um, there might have been people that I didn't know about that yeah. had reservations about it um, because they were not from Appalachia and this was not normal to them. But to my huge family, for the most part, um, it was just culturally, you know, in their minds, it was culturally normal. So when did you start? I mean, so the ceremony went and you were sobbing. Crying. When did you like it hit? Like I, I want out. Like I mean, when did like you go? I mean, like I really want out. Like you can't. You so you're you know you're suffer. I mean, you're you're suffocated. You know what I mean? Um, off and on the whole. I was married fourteen years um, to him, and it, it off and on over the whole time. Um, a few times early on, we moved away from the street that I was raised on in Indianapolis on the west side. And um, that was the first time I'd ever been literally out of the presence of my family um, because we had always just lived, like I said, almost communally. 
I mean, we didn't know whose kids were who. We all took care of each other. Right. You know, we drove each other's cars. There was no, we yeah. had no boundaries. Yeah. I, um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. No personal space. Yeah. Um, and so we moved several miles away, um, which meant I was very isolated because I couldn't drive. And I had no way to get anywhere. Um, so regret set in and f- I, I would call, I didn't identify it as regret, I guess, at the time. Fear, right. terror, like overwhelming fear and loneliness and um you know i was running a household basically at 14 years old away from my family for the first time running a household at 14 Mm -hmm. okay so like when there's a lot of people around that like you said we know basically you know like that community helps raise a a family whatever hillary clinton said you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. true but when you're away from that and then it's just you and your husband to me, that's when reality sets yes. in. And that's why sometimes, you know, like, you know, people, they, they meet in high school or college or whatever the situation is in a group. It's mm-hmm. almost a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. You meet them and you're having a good time. But when, like, say you have to move away and it's just you two together, that's when you find out, do I really like this person? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So th- did, did that set in? Like, I don't know if I really love him or did that set in at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. It did, but um, in in the same the same religion, there's no divorce. Was, divorce was not allowed, so that didn't ever enter my mind that that was a possibility to get out. So I had to I had to make the best of it and accept the situation. And did feel- I didn't even have a telephone, so I couldn't even call anybody. We couldn't <sighs> afford a phone. Did you feel trapped? Uh huh. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, but back in those days, I mean, it's like I'm trying to look back in my day and trying to, you know, figure out like how it was back then. You know, we had phone, we had you know, the rotary dial and, mm-hmm. and we may if you, you know, we were lucky you had an answer machine. But I think that came maybe later. So like in situations like that, uh, did you guys get along or did he, be, did he become abusive or did you ever talk back? I mean, what was that situation like? He did not become abusive. Um, he never became physically abusive. But like I said earlier, he was he was manipulative. Um, and he was the man of the house. I was raised very, you know, patriarchal. Um, the man's the head of the house. The, you know, the most people's view, uh, well, a lot of conservative people's view of biblical uh, hierarchy of man, then, you know, God, then man, then woman. That was very, uh, very much the case. So he what he said go I've always had a mouth on me (laughs) no you no (laughs) so I don't know about talking back but um definitely I was not the person then that I am now um and I had to you know I had to make myself um smaller you know and shrink to fit that um submissive wife role and I did that really Mm mm-hmm did, did, yeah. Did you feel like a caged lion, though? I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the older I got, the worse it got. Um, and I, but you asked earlier how, when I realized I needed, that I really wanted out was really not until um, later in my 20s. I, I never went to high school. Not a day. Um, he had to go withdraw me from high school because he became my guardian because my parents signed me up. That's what happens in child marriage that people don't understand is it's really a guardianship situation because when you, when I got married, I was a minor. So he became 
my guardian. He's your husband and your guardian. Well, yeah. And he, so he had to sign to withdraw me from high school because I got a truancy letter because I didn't go to high, you know, to high school. And he had to go and, and we had to talk to the principal and at Ben Davis high school, it's where I should have went. And, um, he had to go and sign for me to be withdrawn and they approved it because I was married and, uh, he was my guardian and no further education was required. So I didn't go to high school, but then I always had a burning desire to have an education. So when, so I had a baby at 15, miscarriage at 17, baby at 18 and a baby at 22. Oh my God. And he had to sign for me to get prenatal care for my first child, my daughter because he was my guardian. I could not even seek medical care without his consent. I couldn't get, he had to sign for my driver's license. I couldn't get a driver's license without his consent. You were essentially helpless in a way. I mean, you Child are- marriage to- renders the child helpless. Like that's a good word because people don't realize the rights that they don't have as a child. You know, here you are in this situation um, and you can't, you, you have no, you can't even get a divorce. I could not have filed for divorce as a minor. I can minors can't go to a domestic violence shelter. So I mean, so I mean, even if you wanted to pl- file for divorce, would he have to sign for it? Would, would he I, have I'm to? I'm not even a hundred percent sure how that would work. But a minor cannot um, exact legal action. Yeah. Wow. Like the, so, you know, it's like once you're married as a as a minor, that you're stuck until you're 18, no matter what. <laughs> Unless, oh my God! Um, and and it's used in that sense a lot to trap, especially girls, um, in a in a guardianship situation. Now you say you always had a burning desire for education. Yes. Now, now did you like sneak education in, kind of like slaves did back in the day? They learn how to read, and <laughs> or instead of like you know going out drinking, you would like get a book and go, I gotta read this. I mean, it's seriously because when you when people really 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 want something, mm-hmm. they find a way to do it. Yes. So is that what you did? I did read a lot. Um, and I still read a lot. Um, and then that was but, back before the internet and anything. Mm-hmm. So how did you do it? I mean, did you walk to the library? Okay. I did walk to the library. God, I love um, libraries. Aren't they the too. best? They're, They're the so best. underrated. Oh my gosh. It's a lifeline for so many people. Libraries but, are mm-hmm. underrated. They actually are the heartbeat of society mm-hmm. and definitely a community. What mm-hmm. a library does, that knowledge of learning. Mm-hmm. It it, it it can't be understated right. what the library does. Yep. So, so you walk there and you, what, you read all day and then I'd go back and clean the house? And, yeah, I would take them home or I would ask my husband to buy me a magazine every now and then because I had get? no control like, over it. Like what would you get? Like 17? Yeah. Like 17. Really? Like team beat? Good housekeeping. You know, I was trying to learn. And I was taught that most of that stuff was pretty bad. I didn't do the teen magazines. No, I didn't. Because yeah. in, in our religion, it wasn't okay to read that stuff. So I had to be super careful. But He wouldn't want you to know about the Bay City Rollers or anything like that. Right. <laughs> Which I did love. <laughs> Who didn't love the Bay City Rollers? S-A-T-U-I-D-A-9. Not you go. I can't go out on Saturday night, but I like the song. Right, right you, exactly. You couldn't go out unless your husband wrote. It wrote me a permission <laughs> yeah. slip. Hello, officer. This is from my husband. He said I can go out. Right. I didn't have any way to get there. I had to walk or ride my bicycle or take a bus. I know you ride your bike to the club. <laughs> I was too young to get in. I could be married, but I couldn't go to the club. Whose tricycles out front? That would be mine. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, okay. So now when is it getting to the point where you just, I, I, you can't take it anymore? 
So when my youngest was um, oh, a couple years old, I went and got my GED. Um, and even back like in eighth grade, I was a straight A student. Um, I went and got my GED. And then when he went to kindergarten, I went to college. And when I went to college, it was like, I can't explain what that opened up in me. And then I realized the contrast of my life and life outside of that. That, and that's that must have when, blew you away. That's when I was like, I this is not what I want. Like, this is not what I would have chosen for myself. What, what college did you go to? I started at IUPUI. Okay. And then I ended up graduating from Ball State in medical imaging. My God. So that, honestly... That is almost like, it's literally like night and day. It was. It was absolutely. Like when I walked onto that campus the first day, number one, I was terrified. Of course. Terrified. You were around black people for the first time? I was, yeah. I mean, seriously, well, like, oh my God, they're well, free. <laughs> I was actually around, no, I had, I went to school, um, I was in the busing, you know, situation. That's right. So that's in right. fifth grade, I went to, uh, I had, I got bussed into a, um, you know, more diverse school. Okay. So okay. that wasn't a shocker to me at all. But um, I just the, cause I had been told, you know, I'd been taught that anybody outside of our church or, you know, religion and all that were bad and wrong. And it was scary. The world was scary. And, you know, they were going to, um, you know, lead you astray. And, right. and, and it, there was just a lot of fear embedded in, in my upbringing. Of course. Um, and there isn't, there isn't a lot of religion. Um, and then I got into college and I realized that, you know, these people are nice. These people are so welcoming to me and people are very helpful. And, and it really, um, I, I just can't explain how eye opening it was. And that's when I really, um, knew how unhappy I was in, in that marriage because I hadn't known anything else. And when you, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a caged animal doesn't know it's caged. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're almost born into captivity. Yes. Basically. Yeah. And so it's almost like you were put into a time machine and you went to the future. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm, yes. I'm sure you're at campus. You probably have friends that go, hey, you want to go out? We're going to blah, blah, blah. And you go, I can't. I got to go. My husband and. And, mm-hmm. and I had to go home and cook dinner and take care of my kids and husband. And, and I'm sure that was, was a big clash at home, wasn't it? It was. Um, I We talked about it, and I, I, t- I told him I wanted to go to college, and he was very concerned. Um, he was concerned about, I think, the eye-opening experience that it would of be. Course, of course. And he was also afraid that my you know duties at home would suffer. Um, and I assured him that it wouldn't. I'd still keep the house and cook dinner every night and all that, which I did. And um, nobody in my family believed that I was smart enough to do it. They're like, you know, you didn't even go to high school. You you can't go to college. And I was probably too dumb to know I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but how did, who, did you have anything, anybody to rely on, though? Because like you said, everybody's talking to you like that. Was there anybody, your confidant, that... You're, you're thinking, you know, I, there's a whole new world that I really want. I want to get away from this world when I want to go here. It, or, or did you have to learn it on your own? Um, a big a big portion I did have to learn on my own. I did make a friend um, that was outside my family in church when I, because I ended up leaving the church before I got a divorce. And I knew I was going to have to. 
in order to get a divorce. Wow. Um, but that wasn't really my motivation, actually. Yeah. I was just felt stifled in that church. And the judgment aspect of it, you know, everybody's going to hell with us. We're right. I didn't want to raise my kids in that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the reasons for leaving the church was because I didn't want my children to grow up with those kinds of, you know, ideas and, and elitism in, you know, I'm better than ever. You know, we're, we're the only people that are right and right. everybody else is wrong. And, right. you know, the, the teachings of hell bothered me, um, even though I believed them for years. It took years to walk out of this. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> literal, yeah. literal. Still, still walking out of some of it. Honestly, like it's embedded in no, your I was gonna DNA. Ask, I was going to ask you. I might as well fast forward to it. But like, how does how do you look at faith now? I mean, what's your faith now? Because I, I mean, you know, it's uh, in a way I feel like I had a, like an awakening like that because I had to go to church. But even back then, when I was going to church, I was still questioning all that stuff while I was there. It took me a long time to get baptized until I was a senior in high school. And only because I was going to get that graduation money. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason I did it. I think I was in church going, man, this don't make no sense. How did he, you know, just say you believe, you know, all right, I believe, you know, and then they baptized me. All right, I get my money. Mm -hmm. And that's, and and, you know, it's like, and now I question so much now that I'm really close to being a, I'll say atheist, but I'm really, I question a lot. Let's put it that way. So where's your faith at now? Same place, basically. I, I don't, I think probably, I guess I could be categorized as agnostic. Um, I've been, I've been involved in the Quaker church to some degree in, because they, they're very progressive and I've, and I, but my, I have a very spiritual side that's drawn, that I'm drawn to. I'm very drawn to. Spiritual as in what way? In just, I, I believe that, there's something bigger than us. I of, believe there's something outside of me that, and I believe there's something inside of me yes. that's bigger than we know. Definitely. And that we're, be, you know, that we're not willing, it's, we're too afraid to accept our power. Yes. And that's where, but I believe that's where the divine lives is in, in us. And it's not this, you know, and, and there's just so much I know that I'll never understand, which is very difficult for me because I like to know when you're raised with concretes and you think no. that you, you know, the truth, I you de- know, I definitely understand. That. And, but now I, I literally question everything. Well, which is good though. I remember mm-hmm. reading an interview where Jesse Ventura said, religion is for uh weak minded people. It's a crutch. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that and I, I, I like that aspect of it, you know, and like to a degree, I believe in it, but I also mm-hmm. believe in, and it's weird is that if you throw in, like, I like to do like my own little do trial and error in life, you throw it out to the universe and see what happens. Right. And something hears it. And if you say it, that's why you're always careful about what you say, what you speak out into mm-hmm. the world, because the universe hears that. Yes. And whether you put a religious aspect of it, whatever, but, the, you know, the universe hears it. And me, I like to talk to myself and to the universe and mm-hmm. throw it out there. And whether that's being perceived as a spirit or, or a deity or whatever, right. I just believe in throwing it out to the universe and the universe hears it. And yes. hopefully it manifests itself. Same. And you feel yes. the same way now? Yes. I, that's how I feel. And I don't. I just can't subscribe to organized religion. Like I've tried. I, I thought maybe I could get something. And I, I have respect for the Quaker church that I've been involved in in the past. But there's just something for me that's triggering about it. And it's like being in business with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> you or know? family. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just feel I get more out of just, um, you know, having my own. Belief. S- yeah. Spirituality at home or whatever. I just don't. 
organized religion just d still does not set very well with Same me. Same here. So when did you flee? Like, when was the day you go, I'm out, I'm done, see you later? I finished college and got a job. And then that year of my senior year of college, we separated several times um, because it was just constant uh, fighting and, and, you know, just me trying to break free um, and trying to figure out how to do that because I knew the loss was going to be huge. And it, I had to walk away literally from everything for a long time because my family in that religion, they practiced shunning. Um, over the years, it, it got better. But for a long time, I had very little relationship with any of my extended biological family because I got a divorce. I left that family Nobody understood, obviously. Of course. They were, and it's fear. Like people, you know, they're not hateful people. No. Um, they thought I was going to go to hell and how they handle that is, you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, now I'm like, well, you know, it's like you're going to be mean to people that are going to go to hell. So, yeah. but, um, you know, I have a, I have a greater understanding of that. And, and I handled it the only way I knew to was, you know, harshly and walk away and, which I, I don't, not that it would have really been perceived any differently. It wouldn't have mattered, I don't think, how I handled doing it. Um, the fact that I was doing it and going against, you know, church teaching and my family's history, you know, my family traditions was not accepted. Um, and I basically got an apartment and most people didn't even know where I lived. Wow. Took my three kids and and um, when I, and and it's not like I planned this step by step. You know, I know my family at the time thought that I did. You know, you went to college, so you could get a divorce and all this. And, you know, it just, it, a lot of it really did happen organically because once I realized um, that there was a different way to live, um, I took it. And, and it meant just literally walking away from everything. And being shunned for a while. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, I mean, people and don't my, realize. And my relationship with my family, the extended family that I was raised with, um, has never been the same. I have a relationship with my parents. I do with my siblings. I have a great relationship with my siblings. They were, I'm the oldest, so they didn't really have a choice. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, as far I lost all my church family, that whole community, most of my extended family. So you're and, a sinner in their eyes, huh? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay, so, so when did you realize, you know what, I want to help? I mean, when did you realize, you know what, I don't want people to go through this, what I went through? Uh, I think the whole time, I'm, I'm very much a nurturer and a caregiver, um, yeah. when, you know, with seven kids. <laughs> well, gotta be. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I, later, once, you know, my kids were bigger and I didn't, wasn't so weighed down. And plus, my own healing has taken so much energy to you know, understand, um, and be free of the fear of, and guilt. Oh my gosh, the guilt I carried for not being, uh, a perfect parent for getting a divorce and, you know, breaking up my older kids' home. Um, the guilt of that was nearly killed me, like literally nearly killed me because it's like, no, and you know, no kid deserves a 15 year old mom. Nobody and no parent, no girl is ready to parent at 15 and 17 and 20, you know, and to have three kids before, by 22. Oh, my and, God. And I had a lot of support. Like I said, I, I had the best case scenario of a child bride because we eventually moved back to live 
um, next door to my parents within a few before my first child was born. Um, so, you know, I had this, this, I was back in my community, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, I had that village to raise a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. With the, with the 10, with yeah. 10 aunts, with the 10 aunts. Right. Yeah. And so, and we're very nurturing. Like I had a very nurturing upbringing and a lot of people don't have that. And a lot of child brides, that is not their story. Um, and I, I feel like my story is valuable because I can speak to how devastating it is on so many levels, even with best case scenario. You know, when I, like I said, I knew we were doing this. So I said, like, you know, I'm going to do a little background research, whatever. And what I found, and I mean, it's on the bottom of my heart. It just, I was appalled. I mean, to the, I was like in my room last night going, oh my God. God. I mean, you know, I joke, you know, Wyatt or whatever and say, man, I'm a creeper, this and that, you know, and then I'm just joking, you know, and but when I saw this, I go, my God, this is horrible. I mean, some of the stats here, there's nine states where there's no minimum age for mm-hmm. marriage. Nine states. Massachusetts has the lowest minimum parental consent, which is 12. Yeah. The age of 12. Mm-hmm. That's sixth grade. Yeah. I think Massachusetts maybe just changed that or is in the process. Um, but we have even neighboring states like Michigan is either nothing, let me see, nothing or low. Illinois. So Indiana is 17 or above. But you can go to Michigan. They're very much draw. There are states that, that, these, that uh, child marriage is drawn to from Indiana because it's close. They just go to the next state. state. Yeah. So why do you think that child marriage is still on the books? It, it as prevalent as it is. Like you said, there's child marriage is legal in forty. I said forty four. You said forty three states. Forty three. Forty three. Forty four. Tomato. Tomato. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, so. But why is it still prevalent? Why is it still around? And in today's age, with everything coming to light. With which I think the great thing about the pandemic was it really exposed a lot of the things that were there. And we just kind of like, you know, looked over because we were all doing our hustling and bustling year after year after year. And then when we got a chance to stop and really see what was going on with the with the Black Lives Matter and with the Me Too movement, which I which I thought was great. Why now in 2022, mm-hmm. with everything that has come to light in every possible way, why is child marriage still prevalent? Yeah, especially Pakistan. You can't get married in Pakistan under 18, but you can in the U.S. Are you serious? Yes. In Pakistan? Pakistan has a federal law banning marriage under 18. So even, even Osama bin Laden was like, damn, I, I can't yeah. get married yet. Really? Right. <laughs> the number one terrorist like, man, these laws keep keeping a brother down. You know? exactly. <laughs> I got to go to the U.S. to get me a child bride. Exactly. That's why, that's why the Twin Towers came down. He, yeah. He, he, was, he, was, he was shopping. <laughs> yeah, he, he's on Tinder. Hey, who here? So, but no, but why is it? But seriously, why is it though? I mean, if it, it just your gut instinct, your gut answer, why is child marriage still prevalent as it is today? And why isn't a light being shined the way it should? The way it should. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are kids, man. These, mm-hmm. these, these, these are girls. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize it's still legal in the U.S. Uh, most people that I tell this, they're like, no, what? Like, you're, you know, when we were talking, you were like, no way, this can't be true. Most people, awareness is huge, but when I've spoken to lawmakers, which has been frequently, um, it's not a priority. It doesn't, it's not going to make anybody any money. 
you know, we don't have big lobbying. We, we don't pay, you know, lobbyists and things like that. Like, this is what you get here. <laughs> Me yeah. showing up, you know, some five foot two big mouth, you know, girl. From, from Harlan, Kentucky. Right, exactly. With some moonshine, with some shine. <laughs> probably a shotgun in the backseat. I don't get this lost. I tell you why I don't get this law passed. Y'all gonna be sorry you ever met me. <laughs> right. That's what you should do. Maybe you should do that. I mean, I, that seems to be the way that, to go nowadays. I won't promote gun violence. I didn't say gun violence, I was, but I'm just saying maybe maybe if you offer some shine, you know, maybe I'm that sure, might be. I'm sure you know somebody mm-hmm. who knows somebody who knows somebody. Oh, I could get you some this afternoon. I, I don't. I don't need that. I, don't need that. <laughs> I mean, whoa, 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 <laughs> man, you had that quick. Hey, BT, you, you know, after show. Uh, <laughs> I'll hook you up. <laughs> Pickup truck comes like with a Confederate flag. Hey, I think, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> Me and Wyatt about the party. <laughs> but no, but I think you hit it right there on the head. It's the money aspect. It, it is a big it, it part all, of it. It all and, boils down to it. And I mean, you know, look who's in charge. I mean, seriously, they. No, say, it, say uh, it. Old white men. Old white. Old white men. And that's who I talk to and in, in the legislature. And um, they don't. They don't care to a certain degree, but they care also they're afraid. The reasons I've been given from these mouths of these people is um, it may raise the abortion rate because what if a girl gets pregnant and then she can't get married? Because if it's if it's 18, no exceptions, which is what we want. We want 18, no exceptions federally. Um, what if she gets pregnant? Shouldn't she, you know, well, the idea that marriage solves anything is a problem. Marriage is not a solution to anything. No. People think it is. It's not. It's not a it's not a solution to teen pregnancy. It's not a solution to any of the reasons given for child marriage. And and it's protected because um because of things like that. That they think that if you if a girl is pregnant she can't get married, then maybe what if she had an abortion? Um or well, I was told by one lawmaker that the the child also has to consent. I had to sign to say, he was like, did you not have to sign? I'm like, I was 14. There's no other, There. let me think about it. You can't take your child at 14 and say, I'm a parent and I'm going to give them consent to drive or to buy cigarettes or alcohol or join the military. There's no other instance that you can take a child, a parent can take a child and give consent for them to do adult things. Like children need legislative protection. Yes. But, but I mean. Or you'd have nine-year-olds driving cars, smoking cigarettes while they're drinking. Hey, which honestly, <laughs> some rural communities, they do. <laughs> they I mean, might. you know, but man. And I don't think that maybe the consequences probably wouldn't be as far reaching as child marriage. I, 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 I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I, I'm being dead serious. I mean, mm-hmm. I think what really hit hard was when I was when I was reading up and there was one instance where it was almost I can't say similar to yours but uh, a girl met uh, I think a youth pastor or somebody in the church and they would come by and I guess counseling whatever and then they end up uh, she ended up getting pregnant and and so instead of getting uh, accused of statutory they mm-hmm. got married which yes. protected him mm-hmm. and that went, happens a lot got married at, at a courthouse and they say afterwards she went it was a park uh, across the street from the courthouse. And she went and played at the park. Like she went and on a merry-go-round. And I mm-hmm. go, that's just sick. Yeah. I mean, that's just, 
I, 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 you know, it takes a lot for me to go, wow. I mean, to like, wow, wow, wow. But that one, it just resonated so much with me. I mean, to the point, I'm almost embarrassed for myself not really knowing that, you know. But I just, um, man, that did sit, it didn't sit right with me. And it still doesn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I think now, is, does some of that lead to child sex slavery? Yes. Yes. Because when it when it's a guardianship situation, um, the you know the normally the husband this does happen to boys but way way lower percentage um it's usually underage girls marrying over you know adult men um but yes it is uh it is a problem it is a a factor in human trafficking because a trafficker can marry the victim and then cross state lines and they have free reign and like i said earlier the minor has no you you can't even go to a shelter. You can't you can't seek help at a domestic violence shelter. So this person has total control over you. But didn't that violate the Man Act? Uh, which you know the Man Act that was when um uh, it was it was actually enacted because of Jack Johnson. He was the first black heavyweight champion, and so they didn't like him you know having sex with white women. So uh, and that's what he did because they couldn't beat him up because he was the heavyweight champion. So they made an act. So they made a law that said if you take anybody across state lines for immoral purposes. You know, you go to jail. So can they enact a man act with that then? No, because it's marriage and it's not considered immoral purposes after the marriage. Oh, even though that's mar- why they do it, because oh. if they took them before the marriage, then it would be. But if you get married or if a parent goes with you across state lines, your guardians with you, they're giving permission. You're no, there's no immoral act. Because it's marriage. I know it's mainly, you know, we mainly talk about uh, women, but you, we mentioned little boys. Like you said, very rare instances, but what instances are there boys involved? Most of the time with boys, it's, uh, it's true, you know, teen marriage. There's two underage kids and their parents take. Kind of force them. Or they allow it. Or the girl gets pregnant, you know, once 16, 17, whatever, and the girl is pregnant and the parents consent and they get they can get married. Um, and that's a, in some states, that's part of the judicial um, permission that can be obtained, like Indiana. In Indiana, it's 17 and over, but you can get uh, go before a judge and get exceptions to that, which is problematic on a lot of levels. Um but that happens in some cases with with boys. Um, that's the majority of the cases with young boys. But it does happen sometimes that they are married to older women. Really? Uh-huh. I follow a guy on TikTok that was married at 15 to a 30-something-year-old. How did that happen? And, um, very, and a lo- most of the time it's uh, poverty. Sometimes it is abuse. It is to cover the, you know, molestation or, or something like that. Um, because obvious, you know, obviously at that point, sexual abuse, um, and um, his his story is pretty pretty, um, you know, horrific. Um, but that's not that that's that's an exception to most boys that get married underage. Most boys are marrying underage girls. Okay. Um, but hey, do you think it gets dicey when? Because I've seen it happen. So in like. Like, say the guy is 19, but he's dating a girl. And maybe they've been dating like they've been sweethearts. And maybe mm-hmm. he was a freshman and she was maybe an eighth grader or whatever. Maybe he was a, right. a junior. And she, You know, and it happens. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. And let's just say he's 19 and she's 16. She gets pregnant. So they get married to keep him. Because if the parents parent didn't like the boy. Mm-hmm. And so they get married to keep him from being charged with statutory rape. 
Now, what do you think of situations like that? Because I've seen that happen before. They're dating. Parents don't like him. She's pregnant. Before they can file, hey, statutory rape, they get married. Now, what do you think? Uh, and that's, I think, where it gets dicey. Mm-hmm. So I just want your personal opinion on that. Well, statutory rape charges are, um, I don't think that would be applicable to 16 and 19. I don't, I, because age for consent, sexual consent, I think, in most states are, is 15 or 16. Um, but still, no, even even the boy, take the take the boy. I mean, at 19, probably undereducated. Um, no, nobody under 18 needs to be getting married. Like I said earlier, it's, it's not, marriage should not be seen as a solution to anything. Yeah. Because you still, uh, I think it's over 80% of, of marriages that involve minors end in divorce. Poverty is a huge issue. Um, then you have, um, these two children raising a child, which obviously there's probably a child, you know, if the child's going to be born. Um, And instead of using marriage as a solution, that's where we need to go back and, and have, you know, services. And, and I don't know, people may disagree with me on this. It's fine. But I feel like we've had such a breakdown in our community and we lack mentors and we lack, you know, even basic, life skills. I mean, I think at 14, I had, I was raised, like I said, in a communal situation with a lot of women. I could cook, I could clean. I knew how to take care of a baby. I knew you don't have that really. And we I mean, had home it's lacking more. Yes. Yes. And we don't have that kind of thing anymore. I think now, even nowadays, people are less equipped to have a baby at 16 that I was at 15 at the time, because at least I had a village and at least I had these skills that I had, you know, I don't know how old I was when my grandmother taught me to fry chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Young. (laughs) Isn't that weird though? You're so right because now you got all this technology. You know, I can get on my phone and talk to somebody in Spain or Italy right now Mm -hmm. or whatever. You could track a a plane, but you, but you don't have those, those skills. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like, to fry chicken by your, from your grandma. How great is mm-hmm. that? Yeah. When did you learn that? What age? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't, I don't ever remember not frying chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we had one instruction. Like, Probably 12, 12 or 13. Like t- I could do it when I got married. Don't touch the stove. That's all my mom said. Don't touch, don't, don't touch the goddamn stove. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was our instructions. Anyway, she said, like, okay, mama. And we didn't, man, we didn't touch that stove. Yeah, we cooked all the time. That I is, still do. That is, uh, I mean, that right there is great. And like you've you said, had my cookies. <laughs> yes, I. Oh my God! Yes, she made me some cook. Man, I ate those all that when I, when I was texting you. I ate them all that uh, right then and there. Yeah, I, there, to me, there's no leftover. Like I have no Tupperware because why? <laughs> yeah. Leftovers. What are those for? I mean, zero leftover. I, that's a foreign word to me. I don't even know how to spell that because there's no such thing as leftovers. No, well, I cook so much. I, I'm having. I have a hard time uh, now that I live by myself. Yeah. Um. I don't. I still cook for you know a whole whole bunch of people. So good for you. Yeah. I mean. Now, okay, so now, now you're with the Resiliency Foundation. Yes, explain that. I think that's great, and it and this just came about. That foundation was founded what, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was founded uh, by Genevieve. She's also a child bride survivor. I would call us thrivers, not just survivors. Good. Um, and to help exact more legislation in this in this arena. There's also another organization that, that is closely, they are dedicated to um, ending 
child marriage and forced marriage, which is different um, in a lot of cases. It's called Unchained at Last, unchainedatlast.org, resiliencyfoundation.org. Um, those are two of the big, uh, especially Unchained at Last. They do, they've been around longer and they've, they have, you know, a little bit more legislative um, pull, I would say, as much as we do, which is not a lot. Yeah. Um, but they work uh, nationally and internationally. Um, now, I saw on the website it said that uh, you you want to do help in big businesses, big business uh, participation. Like, what do big businesses do as far as with the that you're trying to eliminate them in, in this child bride. Cause I, I, I just saw briefly on the website, it said, uh, eliminate big business has something to do with that. I, and I, 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 I wish I had my, iPad yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at that too. I'm not sure exactly what, I don't know that I've, but that I'm, I'm familiar with that. But if you can get big minutes to help and, and have put money, like you said, it's all about money. You can get yeah. Money that's, the, that's probably what, what, um, they're alluding to is we, we don't have, you know, we don't have, big supporters. We don't have a lot of money. <laughs> we don't have any money. Um, it's very great. Like to talk, you know, to say grassroots is, is an understatement. And but because why? people don't, people don't want to touch stuff like this because number one, it doesn't make anybody any money. Number two, um, it's like, I was talking with a lady at a conference this weekend from the international justice mission who they worked in slavery mm -hmm. and human trafficking and, you know, in the world. But we were talking about how child marriage is, 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 and they weren't even, they were like, Oh wow. Like they weren't even aware it was still that prominent in the U S Wow. and, um, they have, these organizations just across the board have issues getting funding and getting support. And that's why, you know, you see this, you know, donate $25 a month to the like international justice mission. It does make a difference like these grassroots efforts, because that's what we have, because big businesses are afraid to touch things that talk about, um, that could possibly, step on religious freedom toes. Like some of this child marriage comes under, um, that's another reason that it, that we get resistance is people say that it's religious freedom, that if, if it's a religious, um, reason or, or that's one reason that they can get judicial exceptions in some of the States that do have laws that are, that, that are over 18, um, is they go and say, well, we're this religion and this is, this is our tradition, but there's no, there's no mainstream religion that, that officially sanctions child marriage, mm -hmm. but still it's used in a lot of instances by, you know, to tell judges or whatever, that this is our, this is how we believe. We believe that, you know, they tie it into that, I, that I, religious freedom. It's almost frustrating to see that how everyone's it's, it's like they're afraid to go against religion. I feel like, yes, you know, very much so. It, it, it's, it, it's almost like religion is almost like a mafia. Well, look what they tie it to, you know, like, um, Politics. my son and I were having this conversation yesterday ever, you know, since the eighties, basically when, you know, Reagan paired himself with the religious and they became the religious right. Yeah. Um, that's when it really like the focus on the family, the whole thing like that, that's when religion and politics merged and they knew, they knew that that's where the power was. Did, didn't he like, uh, go hand in hand with Jerry Falwell? Yes. 
and that mm-hmm. they may do that. James Dobson. Yes. And yes all oh, that. my God. Yeah. It almost makes I'm gonna you sick. I'm going to get hate mail now. I, who cares? I'm going to be honest. Care. Yeah, exactly. I get so sick of that. I've gotten worse. <laughs> really? Have they come after you? Have anybody come after you for, for you doing this? No, not not No, not directly. No. Oh, I hope not. But people, you know, it just feels, there's something that feels moral about marriage. And I'm not. I'm not knocking marriage. I've done it twice. <laughs> really? You got married twice? I didn't know you got married twice. I've been married. Yeah, I have. I've. Yeah, I've not been divorced. I was married the second time for 28 years. Really? Mm-hmm. If you mind me asking, like, what happened? Um, it's just I. Just marriage. I mean, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Was it good though? Was it a good it one? It was. It okay. was. We had two more children together, and then we adopted two from Ukraine. Oh, that's great. So. So, like, are you going to the war then after this? I mean, you're gonna, <laughs> I might. you're gonna suit up and, like, and you know, oh they shit, this cat, you know, like, <laughs> they need to let me at Putin. <laughs> yeah, hey, you never know. He would never see it coming. He you're walking over. You, you got them cookies. <laughs> I got some cookies for you, Putin. With icing. Oh, you poison him. How apropos would that be? You know, he poisoned. I don't people. He poisoned right at lunch. He killed that one spy. Remember, you have lunch with Putin. There's fifty fifty chance you ain't gonna mm-hmm. make it out. What if you went in, you guys had lunch together, and you gave me your cookies? Bam, mm-hmm. he's gone. You are a hero, and you're like, you're like this, you know, Cat Lucas. You know, Child marriage banned yeah, instantly. Exactly, all because of you. All they because. would never see it coming. They would not. Never see it coming. We already get trained by Navy Seal anyway. See, Kenny trained you. You could be like the female Liam Neeson. The, yeah, you're like the I operative. Possess. Yeah, you'd be the you be the Kentucky Liam Neeson. <laughs> I possess a certain set of skills. I got some shine. And I got some cookies. I bet Kenny's not on board with that. Yeah. Come on, Putin. <laughs> He'd be like, I am not getting involved with her. Come on, Putin. I'm ready for you. You know, you fly over to Kiev, you know. I'm looking for Putin. You I'm know? not a bad shot, so. I bet yeah. you're not. If you're from Kentucky, I know you can shoot. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you can do. Probably skin a, skin a raccoon. A deer. I, I, I can't. I can dress a deer. I I, I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> Go over your house, have some possum stew. Like, oh my God, this is great. I will never starve to death. How about that? I, hey, when the apocalypse comes, I'm coming to your exactly. house. Exactly. Like, BT, shh, be quiet. <laughs> you you <laughs> repel down from the trees. Like, oh my God, is that cat? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, <laughs> what you have done, uh, I'm glad we had this discussion because it needed to be had. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad it just happened by chance that you hit me up and, and I will give myself credit for this. Sometimes I, I know now in my different level of life that I'm in, I know now when to shut up and listen to people. I'm learning that. And go, <laughs> 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 it's a work in progress for all of us. And, and I remember, and I was going, I got to have her on. I said, I, I have to have her on. I mean, I'm not, on, on some kind of like, hey, I'm, you know, going to be the savior and help you. But it's just something that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you because, I, you know, like, I, it, what makes me so mad, you know, I'm a comic. So it's like I see guys and I understand what they're doing. You see male comics going, I'm a, I'm a female. I'm a male. I'm a male feminist. And I, I hate that shit. You know what I mean? It, to me, it's like bending over backwards and being and almost being kind of in a way. To, that's where I look at it. I'm a tough love kind of. Fair. I think everything should be fair, but I'm mm-hmm. a tough love one. I'm. It may come off kind of crass, and it may come off like, "Wow, really?" But I really want the best for you, ladies. I really do. Mm-hmm. So I tell people all the time, you know, if, if you want to dress a certain way, which is your right, 
you go right ahead and do it. But there's going to be consequences when you do that. So just be prepared. And I tell them all the time, and you have every right and good for you, but there's going to be consequences that come along with it. But I wish everybody, and I hope, I just hope this resonates with somebody. If I mm -hmm. just get one comment or one something that says this conversation we had here help somebody see the mm -hmm. light or help them go wow really and it opened it opened up maybe a dialogue or maybe got something happening that's that's my mm -hmm. goal for this what 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 do you want for it to happen i want people to understand the consequences i really do like i i think that once people understands understand the why you know why am i trying to get this get this word out to, to raise awareness. You know, what's the big deal? Like, you know, you know, a few hundred thousand kids have been in child marriage, you know, for, yeah. um, but I, the ramifications are, are just so generationally far reaching. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, being a parent as a teenager wasn't, you know, wasn't fair to me I, either. It was di very difficult being raised by a teen mom mm -hmm. um, that had so much on her plate and had so much stress and, and the trauma from that, the mm -hmm. trauma from having to be an adult at 14. And then even like I mentioned the, my second marriage, which was to a great guy um, we had, you know, like I said, we've done a lot of great things together. I still love him, um, to, you know, in a, in a different way, but, um, it was being married to somebody that, um, had all this trauma to work through. Like, I can't imagine being married to me, you know, because I've been <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, um, I've done, I'm not the person that I was, you know, 30 years ago, of course, I'm not the person I was even five years ago. And I, I really know that that's all you can ask of someone. Yeah. But the fallout to myself and the healing that I've had to do and the stuff I've had to work through, even, you know, forgiving other people, forgiving myself, forging relationships with the people that didn't know enough to protect me yeah. um, as a child. Um, and, you know, you just hope that, you know, when I think it was my Angela, she said, you, you know, when you know better, you do better. And that's what I want people to do. I want them to know that this is happening mm -hmm. and I want us to do better. We can do better by our kids. Like this whole, you know, the hashtag save the children thing. Like this is an opportunity to do that across the board. As far as this thing is not that hard to end. It is not that difficult to end. Like, don't don't stick it on the end of some other bill. Like, like let's address this because of the ramifications that's so far reaching in our society. Like, trauma is a big enough problem already. Right. And exactly. that we have a societal trauma crisis. I mean, we have and a lot of things are. In that, and this part of this this thing causing traumas to so many can be ended pretty quickly, Man. legislatively, and that's what I want. That's beautiful, and I mean that. I, I it's beautiful. Like I said, I'm speechless. I'm almost speechless behind this because I, like I said, I had no idea. That's why I'm so glad. Like you know, it sounds so I don't know, uh, I don't know hippie kind of whatever, but. Everything does kind of happen for a reason. It happened for a reason that you you hit me up about the the podcast I had with Kate Dingley, yeah. you know, about the motorcycles. And it just so happened because I was looking at the thread 
And we got to talking about this and I was like, oh my God, I have to talk about this. It just has to get out there. Mm-hmm. So man, I, I, I cannot thank you enough. And I think what you do, and I can just tell by everything about you that you are trying to be a better person, even without knowing you knowing you, I can tell that you are constantly trying to better yourself. And I mean that. I, I, I can tell by the little things that I don't know you, but I can tell by the little things that doing this hit me up and just knowing you from from Kenny's coming in and hitting the bags, or whatever, doing that, that little thing. When you bought the little the cupcakes or the little the cookies, goddamn, it touched me. And that and he made for everybody. And that was so it just showed your heart. And I mean, I was I thought that was so beautiful. It did, that little thing like that was so touching. It just showed how you are as a person. And I can tell you're trying to get better as a person. Little things you do. I don't know if, is that like a, the, the, the bracelet? Is that like a, a, a Buddhist kind of thing or? No, actually, there's a place in Nashville. My daughter lives in Nashville, Tennessee. There's a place called yeah. Thistle Farms. Yeah. And they help trafficking victims. And I bought this bracelet at their store. They, the trafficking uh, survivors make these, make jewelry for Thistle Farms. So I got that. Um, I do have chakra bracelets. Like part of my you know, spiritual practice is just self-care. And I understand sometimes for me, self-care is hard. Like yeah. walking into walking into Dragonfly this year. I've did. done so many things this year has been out of my comfort zone because I went through the divorce, all this stuff. And it's like, I got to. That's how you grow. I want to grow. And I do constantly want to be a better person. I can constantly. tell. We got to get out. Thank Kate. Kat, thank you so much. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You are a godsend. I mean it from the bottom. You're great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you guys for watching Tales from a Gemini. I'm BT. You know how we say about this time. Peace.